It is a joy and a privilege to be here this morning uh, with the Well Church and uh, Pastor Larry's and Lady Alicia Rollins. We thank you so much for the invitation to come. Um, I do want to get something out of the way before I start this morning, and that is to just clear up when um, your pastor was talking about something about me being a humble preacher in the back with my head down, nodding and all that stuff. Uh, actually, uh, I am uh, the music director at a radio station here in town uh, that uh, I used to employ this young man that you guys call pastor uh, until he started this great work and he had to leave us alone. But unfortunately, our uh, internet stream was down this morning and those who are avid listeners of the station begin to send me messages, hey, we can't hear your radio show because I had to go in and pre-record it to be here this morning. And so I was turning the computer back on. Thank you so much for embarrassing me. I appreciate it. So I'll take take that cue from you and embarrass you all morning long. Amen? Amen. For those who don't know, my name is Al Cherry, but everybody calls me Big Al. And um, I'm certainly grateful again to be here at the well this morning. Uh, very excited. Shameless plug. Uh, I am uh, now 30 days away from my birthday. Yeah, yeah. My birthday is September 1st. And this year on my birthday, I'm doing something uh, pretty unique. I'm releasing my next full-length studio album. Uh, it's called Alfred, which is my first name. Very excited about that. But uh, in my at work the other day, uh, for some reason, I was uh, extremely blessed with something. And I just want to go ahead and give this disclaimer. Uh, I don't. I pray I don't offend anybody by anything that I say from this stage today. If I do, I'm sorry in advance. Um, I was blessed on Friday by some of my coworkers at my job. If you know me personally, which most of you don't, so you're going to find out something personally about me this morning. Uh, my favorite comedian in the entire world is Dave Chappelle. And so uh, it used to be Eddie Murphy until Chappelle came along, and I was like, my goodness, I love this guy. And... Uh, my coworkers at my job surprised me and said, for my birthday this year, they are sending me to uh, New Orleans to see Dave Chappelle live in concert. So I was like, talk to me. Thank you all so much, because nobody gets me gifts, period. Or if they do, they always give me something dumb, like a shower head. You know, I'm just being honest, you know. They always, I get the dumbest gifts in the world. So this is the first time I got like a really cool gift and I was very excited about it. And, uh, and, and that's where I'm gonna start uh, my message this morning. Um, if y'all don't know, comedian Dave, Dave Chappelle recently released a concert called 846. Anybody aware of that? Anybody? Okay, cool. So uh, of course it had many in the, in the world talking and uh, he opened the show by referencing the Northridge earthquake of 1994. Now, I don't know if y'all know anything about it, but here's the deal. Uh, it had a magnitude of 6.7 on the Richter scale, and it lasted all of 20 seconds. 60 people died, and more than 9,000 people were reported, reportedly injured uh, with widespread damage reported all over the city of Los Angeles. And he goes on to say how he felt in those 20 seconds that he was going to die. And he compared that to the eight minutes and 46 seconds that a former Minneapolis police officer knelt on the neck of George Floyd, subsequently killing him. Now, to say the least, 
there's a lot going on. Amen? There's a lot going on. And it's opened some conversations and some dialogues. It's also exposed some hurt, some pain, some ignorance, and even some evil. At my job, we had a meeting, a cultural sensitivity meeting, and they asked me to share some of my experiences as a black man. And one of the things I shared was how disappointed I have been in the evangelical church's overall view of former President Barack Obama. Now, please hear me out when I say this. I do not care about how you feel about President Obama's policies. If I can tell you the truth, I don't agree with any person in this world 100% of the time. Do you hear me? I don't care who you are, me and my mom, me and my dad, me and my big grand, it don't matter. I don't agree with anybody 100% of the time. But here's what killed me. I was tripping because I'm going to date myself when I say this, but when I was growing up, there was, a, there was a, a TV show that came on on Thursday nights on NBC. Came on at 7 o'clock, and this TV show had fictional characters in it that every black person ascribed to be. They were called the Huxtables. Cliff Huxtable was a medical physician. He was an OBGYN. His wife, the beautiful, fine, sexy, vivacious. Thank you, Reverend. Claire Hanks Huxtable was actually an attorney, a practicing attorney. She had five kids. And here we were every Thursday night, parked in front of our television sets, to see this black family who was above average. This wasn't a middle income, uh, middle income or middle class family. They, they were doing very well. And they had five kids who basically took us through every moment in life. And all of us sat there. And I don't know if you ever saw them, but every boy wanted to marry Claire Huxley. Everybody was super attracted to Denise Huxley which is the reason why they gave her her own spinoff show called A Different World. We were crazy about them, and they were fictional. I wanted, you want to be a doctor, you want to marry a lawyer, you want to have all these kids and do well. This is what we saw. But then reality hit. We're not going to be that. Nobody can be that. When people used to come to our school, I went to Lincoln Elementary School, which is now Roy Nelson uh, Elementary School. I went there prior to going to J.S. Clark the first year that they opened it as a magnet school, and then I went to Carroll Junior High, Carroll High School, where I graduated. So what happened was they would bring these people in, and these people would ask us this question. What do you want to be when you grow up? And then you hear people say, I want to be a singer. I want to be a dancer. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a policeman. I want to be a firefighter. Then some idiot would always say this. I want to be the president. And we'll say, boy, you ain't be no president, boy. Everything else seemed like it was something you could do. Boy, you ain't be no president, boy. You ain't be no president. They'd be like, I can't be the president, boy. You black, boy, be quiet. You from Booker T. You ain't gonna be no president, boy. Be quiet. That's how we felt. 
So all of a sudden, like they said, out of the ashes rose this black man came out of nowhere. Nobody was looking for Barack Obama. All of a sudden, they was like this. That's a black man? And it's not Jesse singing Jackson? It was like, who is this guy? And then it was like this. He's handsome. Mm. And then you found out he went to Harvard. He's a Harvard grad? The dude is super intelligent? From Chicago? What? Who is this black man? So everybody started doing this. I'm going to vote for him. I don't even know him. I'm going to vote for him. Then all of a sudden, you saw his wife. And his wife, too, a graduate of Harvard. At, what? You mean, wait a minute. A black man and a black lady, both graduates of Harvard, are married? But this is what got me. This man is in politics. He's a black man with a black wife with two black kids. And guess what? Had no skeletons in the closet. Where you meet a black man like that at? Especially one that gets into politics. When they started to uncover all the stuff about him in his past, they could never find anything about him outside of his family. They talked about his church, his beliefs, and everything like that. But let me tell you what it did. It opened our eyes to something that we had never seen except for on the Cosby show that there's a black man that could be put in a position of power that never used it to get women, that was faithful to his family and to his wife. I don't know many black preachers who could say that. Y'all, okay, all right, I'm sorry. I apologize. Y'all going to let me be real this morning. I'm sorry. I don't know many white preachers that could say it either. Listen to me. I was tripping that we had a black family man who rose to the position of the most powerful one in the world. And out of all of that, the only thing you can say about him is he's the Antichrist. He's a Muslim. All you could do, you can never celebrate the fact that finally, Black young people, or even black people all around the world, regardless of the age, had a model citizen. What you say we can be if we put our minds to it and work hard enough. We finally got one, and you tear him down in front of us. I was sorely disappointed. Sorely disappointed. And I told them how I feel like the pandemic slowed the earth down enough for people to see Ahmaud Arbery. You know, what normally happens is we see this stuff all the time and we get outraged and it was nothing. But the pandemic slowed the earth around, slowed the earth down enough for people, for, I, this I said, for white moms to create TikTok accounts. When white moms started creating TikTok accounts, all of a sudden they started getting involved in TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat. You see them all. They, a white mom. And you see like, Wow, but guess what they started doing? They started seeing what we see all the time in social media, one after another, of police brutality, violence, and everything like that. It was happening one after the next. And you sit there and you say, what in the world is going on? So what happened was when Ahmaud Arbery happened, because we were all in pandemic and all of us were tired and we were just 
we had nothing else to do but to look at the computer screen. And all of us are looking at this, and we saw it. All of a sudden, white mothers and fathers throughout the country say, wait a minute, this doesn't look, this is not what we thought this was. You mean to tell me this kid was just jogging the neighborhood and somebody took it upon themselves to kill him? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. And they were like, no, mm-mm, mm-mm. And I saw people talking about I run with the mob that I had never seen. I never thought I'd hear anything come out of their mouths like that. And I was like, wow, the world slowed down enough for them to see it. And then all of a sudden, as they are championing this I run with the mob, George Floyd happened. And they said, wait a minute, we're not done with the mob. And we're saying this, we've never been done. This is what, and they said, this is what happens? It continues to compound? Yes, it does, over and over and over again. So the pandemic slowed the earth down enough for them to see it, and then we see George Floyd. And I told them, it happens so much that it's like we can't catch our breath. Forgive me for saying it, but I'm almost like George Floyd. I can't breathe. From all of this that happens so much, so fast, so often, I can't catch my breath. And they started to see it. And it continued to move on and move on. And, and, and in, the, in the time of it, you know, every now and again, you listen to things that were just encouraging, that would spark you. And one of the songs I, I heard was uh, by this gospel singer whose name is DeKalen Carr. And her song is called Greater is Coming. And in the song, the way she starts it, she says, I feel a shaking in the spirit. So this morning, what I want to talk to you all about, I want to marry the idea of what what Dave Chappelle talked about with the North Ridge earthquake and this with this song from Jacqueline Carr. And if I had to title this message, I would simply say, I feel a shaking. Now, real quickly, just to give you background information, what is an earthquake? An earthquake, also known as a quake, tremor, or or timbler, is the shaking of the surface of the earth resulting from a sudden release of energy in the earth's lithosphere that creates seismic waves. It is caused by a sudden slip on a fault. Now, Rev, I can stop right there and preach that because America has slipped on a fault, and they wonder why the earth is shaking right now. Y'all can talk to me behind the mask. Don't worry about it. So watch this. Said, the tectonic plates are always slowly moving, but they get stuck at their edges due to friction. And y'all ever had friction before with somebody? They get stuck. Huh. <laughs> you ever had friction with somebody, and all of a sudden you get stuck? When you turn loose, oh, it's going to be some trouble. Maybe y'all have an experience of that. As my grandma said, keep living. Now, here's what said. When the stress that's on the edge overcomes the friction, there's an earthquake that releases energy and waves that travel through the earth's crust, causing the shaking that we feel. Now, here's the deal. Earthquakes can be caused two ways. They can be caused naturally, or they can be caused by humans. Just so, you, just so I can make sure I do that and do the Bible too, I'm going to point out to you a few ways and a few times, even in the Bible, 
that humans cause earthquakes. All right? Number one. In the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 23 through 31, something happened that caused a shaking. Now, please hear me out. This all took place after Peter and John met the beggar at the gate called Beautiful. Y'all heard this story before? Where he asked for money and they said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to thee, rise and walk. You know what I'm saying? Y'all remember that part? Okay. So, here's what happened. They were then arrested and brought before the Sanhedrin. After they couldn't deny Peter and John and Jesus, they were released. Now, here, here it is. I want to read this to you if you don't mind, out of that scripture. Now, here's what it says. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Watch this. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Verse 27, indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power, will had decided beforehand should happen. Your power and will. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Verse 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Now, hear me out. It says, after they prayed. There was a shaking. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke the word boldly. So what happened? Their prayer caused an earthquake. Their prayer caused the earth to tremble. Their prayer caused the shaking. So I want to encourage you this morning that the result of them praying caused people to be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak the word of God boldly. So my first point this morning is to tell you this. Church, pray. If we want to see this earth shaken, if we want to see people filled with the Holy Ghost and begin to speak the word boldly, pray. That's what caused the earth to shake right there in Acts chapter 4. That's number one. Second time. In Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 31, Something happened that caused a shaking. Now, Paul and Silas were in Macedonia sharing the gospel, and a woman with the spirit of divination, or which is also called the spirit of Python, started to annoy them. Now, does anybody remember this story at all or not? For the sake of time, I don't want to read the whole scripture. But here's what happened. They sat there, and they cast the devil out of that woman. And when they did, she was no longer able to make money for her, for, for her superior. So what they do? They went and complained to the police, and Paul and Silas were beaten, whipped, and thrown into prison. 
They were thrown into prison. They told him, take them to the innermost part. So they're in the darkest part. But here's what happened. It said, at midnight, Paul and Silas begin to praise the Lord. They begin to sing praise and worship to the Lord. And what happened was, as they were singing and worshiping God, the earth started shaking. And it shook so much that everybody that was in jail, their bands came off. And the doors to all of the jails opened up. And what happened was the jailer came and he saw the doors to the jails open and he said, what in the world? And he was about to kill himself because he knew that everybody was gone. And Paul said, hey, hey, hold on, bro. Don't do yourself no harm. You still here. Say, what? Y'all still here? Y'all still here? And then the man asked the question, what must I do to be saved? Let me tell you something, church. When they sing and song praise and worship unto God in the darkest time of the night, it caused the earth to shake. The second point that I would tell you, church, to cause an earthquake, all you got to do is sing to God. Don't be afraid to open your mouth. And if your singing ain't that good, make a joyful noise. You understand what I'm saying? But learn how to praise and worship God. I don't know if y'all have ever been in the darkest. Anybody been in a dark place in your life? Let me tell you something. When you learn how to open up your mouth while you're in the dark and say, how great. Is I, even though I'm bound, sing with me how great, even though I can't, it's so dark, I can't see who around me. Is our God, all will see how great. If you learn how to worship God in your darkest time, the earth is shaped. And look, after they, when they were singing, what did it cause? It caused everybody in earshot of their worship to be set free. That's why I don't care if you're in your bedroom and you start singing. Everybody in your house can get blessed. Everybody in this room can be healed, delivered, and set free. If you learn what it means to sing, you know, a lot of the times people have this thought that in order for me to sing praise and worship to God and for God to receive my praise and worship is I got to be clean. Forgive me for saying this, but Paul and Silas were bound. They were locked up, and they were in the darkest part of life. Let me tell you something. You can't clean a fish that's in the water. Huh? But a fish that's in the water can still eat and still move. Let me tell you something. I want, I want you to understand this. I don't care what your condition is. Church, learn how to worship God. I don't care what your position is. Church, learn how to worship God. And when you learn how to do that, ah, not only will people around you be free, but somebody going to ask you, what must I do to be like that? Still a Still a We learn how to sing and worship God in the midst of all the darkness. Ah, oh, God will cause an earthquake. And people will get free. Point three. 
In Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 through 27, something happened that caused a shaking. Now, God had told Joshua to take Jericho. Now, y'all remember this is after they crossed the Jordan. And it will be their first, their first ever conquest in Canaan. And you know what God told them to do? He said, for six days, I want you to march around the city one time. That's it. March. Pause. You church people that have a problem with marching. Y'all forgive me. It's in the book. God told him to march. Now, I'm, don't, don't y'all go. Don't y'all say big ass. Say, no, I'm just talking about what the Bible say. Okay? The Lord said in order to possess the land and to take that city for six days, I want you to march one time around the city. But then it was something else. He said, on the last day, I want you to march around it seven times. But he didn't stop there. He said, that last time that y'all march around the city on the last day, he said, I want you to sound the horn, which means sound the alarm, and I want you to open up your mouth and scream. I want you to shout. I want you to make all the noise you can. Why? Because in order to take the city, in order to reclaim this for the Lord, in order to reclaim it, he said, listen, I want you to march. But when you get through marching, I want you to sound the alarms, and I want you to shout. I want you to holler. I want you to make some noise. And you know what they did? When they got through that last turn, they blew those horns, and everybody started hollering. I just imagined they were saying, hallelujah. You know what happened? The earth shook so hard that the walls to the city fell to the ground. Ah, so what are you saying, big Al? What I'm saying is, your shout. <laughs> And caused an earthquake. Now, see, Larice has dibbled and dabbled into a lot of different churches, and some of y'all, I'm pretty sure y'all come from some different ministries, or y'all been to some before. And you know, some people when they say shout, they be, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Now, the thing of it is, I ain't, I, I can't, I, I ain't got the coordination. But God gave me a horn in my neck. Do you hear me? You know, biologically, if you look at the throat, you will see that it's kind of shaped like a, a sofa. <laughs> Don't worry about it. That's something for the scientists, Alicia and them, you feel me? But listen to what I'm saying. When they shouted, when they opened up their mouth and they shouted, what happened? The walls to the city came down and they took the city. What you saying, Big Al? The third thing that will cause the shaking is when we learn to shout. Stop being so quiet and timid. Stop being so afraid. Shout. 
unto God with the voice of triumph and a voice of victory. Don't be afraid to do it. Open up your mouth and shout. And what will be the result? The walls got to come down. The walls of racism got to fall. The walls of bigotry got to fall. The walls that divide churches got to fall. The walls that divide communities got to fall. They got to come down where we learn how to shout. I'm going to end with this little lanyard for you, for those of y'all who are from Louisiana that may know that word. There was another time with an earthquake hit the world. There was a man by the name of Jesus. He was strung up on a cross. <laughs> and he was strung up on the cross. <laughs> and he was dying. He lifted up his voice, spoke in tongue, said what he said. And then all of a sudden, they was like, can I just at least give him something to drink? They gave him something to say, all right, now watch, step back and watch him die. They said, Jesus cried aloud with a loud voice. And then he gave up his spirit. And he gave up his spirit. You know what happened? The veil in the temple split in two. The earth shook. And dead people walked again. Man. <laughs> What you're telling me, Big Al, that when Jesus sacrificed his life for dirty, stinking sinners like me, when he did that, it caused the earth to shake. And what resulted from that earth shaking? The veil was split in two, which means what? I now had personal access to the Holy of Holies without having to petition a priest to take it in there and hope he clean enough not to die when he get in there. When Jesus died and that veil split in two, it gave me access to heaven. It gave me access to the throne of God. But then not only that, there were people who were dead and their caskets opened and they started roaming freely. That's the beautiful thing about Jesus, is that when he caused an earthquake, dead men can rise again. Dead men can live again. Dead men can move again. I thank God for him causing an earthquake, because you know what it did? It helped this dead man live again. It helped this dead man walk again. It gave this dead man purpose. It gave me the ability to see people again. And they say, man, I thought you were dead. I was. I was dead. But in Christ now, I live. In him, I live. I move. And I have my being. Church! I feel a shaking in this nation. But it's going to happen when the church learns to pray, when the church learns to sing, when the church learns to shout, 
And when the church runs to put their lives in place, it caused the earth to shake. And walls got to come down. Family members and friends that don't get free, they're going to ask, what must I do to be saved? Dead people in your life and in your family, and maybe even you, you get a chance to start walking again and change this earth for the glory of God. Amen? How many of you feel that in your spirit this morning? You thank God for, for shaking. And I'm telling y'all, I believe the word of God. If I ain't never believed it before, I believe it now. 2020 got a wave, don't it? Somebody said, you know, preachers were preaching in November and October and December. You know, 2020 is the year of vision. Oh, we see some stuff. You hear me? Like, all y'all was prophets, huh? Oh, we see some stuff. I don't think y'all envisioned this. But I tell you what it did do. It made me understand that one, tomorrow is really not promised. So everybody that I get a chance to, I'm going to love on and love every minute I get. And two, it made me trust him more. My grandma used to have this saying. She said, you got to trust him even when you can't trace him. Even when I don't know how he moving, what he's doing, how this is about to end, I trust him. I trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not to my own understanding. But in all my ways, I acknowledge him. And he directs my path. And he'll do the same for you. Amen. God bless you, Pastor Larry.